John chapter 11, we're going to launch our reading at verse 39. So a a little of biblical background of what this passage is talking about. Lazarus is sick. And Mary and Martha and the friends of them informed Jesus, hey, Lazarus is sick. And they expected, since Jesus loved Lazarus, for Jesus to stop everything he's doing, to go take heed to Lazarus' condition. But Jesus does not immediately stop what he's doing and goes to check on Lazarus because sometimes God loves you so much that he wants to show my love for you by my delay. Did y'all hear what I just said? (laughs) See, we think God loves us so much that he will move with haste. But nowhere in scripture will you ever see that Jesus ran. (laughs) You won't see anywhere in the Bible where Jesus was running. Because he's an on-time God, even when we feel he's late. And sometimes he says, I love you so much, I'm going to wait. I love you so much, I'm going to walk. I love you so much, I'm going to allow the conditions to get so uncomfortable so that when I come in your life and do the miraculous, you can't give your degrees the credit. You can't give your education the credit. You can't give your accolades a credit. I know you don't like this, but I'm trying to give you a different perspective. I love you so much, I'm going to make you wait. So they inform him that the one you love is sick. Just like a lot of men this weekend, we're sick. May not be with an actual cold, but we have sick hearts sick thought patterns and that sickness caused for Lazarus in one condition to die and Jesus condition to sleep because how you label it and how God labels it are not always the same so he rolls up to this tomb and I'm like hold on he's been dead I don't know if you want to to do this and this is where we're parking at for this particular sermonic journey Verse um, 39, it says, take away the stone, he said. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time, there is a bad odor. Brothers, y'all remember I said, do y'all smell that? You smell that? See, sometimes other people smell you before you do. Sometimes our sisters could tell that we're dying and it stinks and we don't even know it yet. Our wives could smell odor that we don't. Our children can even smell odor that we don't. Let, let, let's get real awkward in here. Can I get somebody to go, something stinks? <laughs> By now, there is a bad odor, for he has been there four days. For many men, we've been there 40 years. We've been there 12 years. We've been in the porn room six years. We've been in, in, in alcoholism for 50 years. We've been in a lot of places for a long time, but let's see what the king says about it. Then Jesus said, did I not tell you that if you believe you will see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, They took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. 
I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The last 48 hours, whatever your name was, Jesus was saying, Jerry, come out. Isaac, come out. Reginald, come out. Now watch this. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and the cloth around his face. Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. Now catch this. This is a profound revelation. Jesus called Lazarus. Somebody say he's called. But watch this. He's bound. He's called, but bound. Responding to Jesus, but still bound. Going in the direction of Jesus, but still bound. Still has some issues. Jesus is calling him. He's still bound. Just because he's bound does not mean he's not called. See, we live in a culture that does not want to identify the fact just because he still has gray clothes on him does not mean he's not a man of God. Just because he still has some dead things on him does not mean God has not called him. Just because he has some issues does not mean, I'm preaching, calm down. We want to complain about y'all men are like this and all men are like this and all men are like that. And we wanted to get some men in the room to say, yes, there might be some grave clothes on you, but you are still called. I don't care what sickness got you here. You're still called. And the profound part, put the scripture back up, uh, Carl. The profound part about this is that Jesus says, take the grave clothes off of him. If you're bound, you can't take the grave clothes off yourself. This is for all the people who say, I don't do people. This is for all the people who say, I got trust issues. This is for all the people who say, bag, 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 bag. Give me all those people. You could be causing those who hurt Jesus to start fighting you. They're trying to be obedient to what Jesus told them. But due to trauma, you won't let them. (laughs) I'm trying to loose you. One more thing I want to say, I want to sit down, and we'll get to this. Do you have friends that can hear Jesus? Let me take my seat on that one. Do you have friends that can hear? I'm sorry, brothers. I just, no, I just, I'm no, sorry. Oh, I'm ain't sorry. nobody no. got nothing else to oh. say, man. No, no, no. Ain't, no, ain't neither one of us got anything else to say behind <laughs> Because, dude, not only do you have friends that can hear Jesus, do you have friends that can obey Jesus? There it is. There it is. And you know, and you know what? Because, like, when I'm, look, when I'm looking at that and I'm listening to him, the question you have to ask yourself is, who is your them? Who is your them? They had to first move the stone. Before you can smell anything, 
He asked them to move the stone first. Yes. And then asked those same people to unbound him. And so we can easily look at everything else. But the question is, who is your them? And what's so crazy is because Martha talked about the stench. And when Lazarus came out, he was probably still stinking. Huh. Come on. So how many times have we gotten to the place where we are coming out? Because when I think about Lazarus coming out of the tomb, he hears Jesus' voice and he says, Lazarus, come forth. Now, our tendency is to realize and recognize our situation. Because if you're telling me to come out of a tomb, my first thought is, I'm bound. Yeah. Yeah. How? Yeah. I, don't even, I can't see. I don't know where I'm going. Mm. How many times have we heard Jesus say, come out? And we try to rationalize with him with our situation. Yeah. So okay, good. I heard you. I heard you, Jesus. But don't you see where I am? You see that I can't walk properly? You see that I can't move? You, how, how am I supposed to come out? And then once I come out and, God, and Jesus says, take the clothes off of them, his situation had not changed. Just his proximity to Jesus changed. Wow. So good. I'm coming out in the same state. And if we're not careful, when men start coming out in the same state, when Jesus says, unravel them, you'll talk to Jesus about how they smell. And that willingness, yes. that right. willingness to be obedient in the midst of you probably having your own issues. Like, God, you're calling me to tend to something funky yeah. when I got my own issues. Yeah. There it is. I got to have a level of resilience, patience, and people like to, to say, God, give me discernment so I can know who to stay away from. <laughs> Not give me discernment so I can recognize your voice and recognize when you're giving me an assignment despite my current circumstance. Yes, I might be struggling financially, but you called me to serve in this place. Give me the ability and willingness and resilience that even if something smells wrong in this atmosphere, you're able to allow me to decipher through the smell to recognize the assignment. Yeah. So I I'm obedient in the midst of circumstances. Good, bro. I'm looking for some people that are willing who have experienced yeah. deliverance yeah. and who are in, in the process of hearing God has told them to come forth, come recognizing, yes, I'm struggling. Yes, I don't have it all together, yeah. but God, I hear you. And you want me to be solid for my brother. You want me to be solid for my sister. Because where God's power is, look, it's contagious. Yeah. So the resurrection power that hit Lazarus touched everybody in the vicinity. Come on. So when you're obedient to God's voice, in the midst of him calling Lazarus to come forth, he's also calling somebody to obedience. Yeah. Come on, man. Bruh. On. Woo. And see, that's the danger of procrastination. Yeah. Because procrastination is disobedience in slow motion. Yeah. What is God telling you to do that you're doing in slow motion? Come on. And pray, bro. I'm sorry. Let, let's pray. Let's get into it. We, we already. Heavenly Father, we thank you because your spirit is already here. You're yes. flowing through the room. Holy Spirit, we just release you to do what you're doing already. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 He's like, let's pray and get to it. Because <laughs> he's already flowing. I, I, I love it. Um, I want us to talk about what we were talking about in the backstage about the whole process of being mummified and, you know, what we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. So you can start up. Talk about the mummification process. <laughs> so it, it was funny because we were, you correlate how they were wrapping dead bodies to how they wrap mummies. And the goal was to preserve the dead thing. Hmm. And a lot of us are wrapping our dead thing because we want to hold on to the memory 
of our good times. Bruh. We want to hold on to the memory of the mm. times where we did laugh, where we did smile, where I did get a buzz and had a good time. Mm. And we don't realize yeah. that we're holding on and trying to preserve the very thing that's decaying on the inside of us. Wow. So we're trying to wrap it and preserve it and the more layers we put on it, it makes it harder for the people who are called to unwrap you to unwrap you. Mm. See, I did some research before, right before we came out, and it takes 70 days to wrap a mummy, right? Yeah. But the unwrapping process can take up to years. Yeah. Because as it decomposes on the inside, I have to take a, I had to go at a slower pace mm. to pull off each individual wrapping so that yeah. I don't damage what's on the inside. And if we're not careful, we will continuously wrap ourselves in our hurt, continuously wrap ourselves in our trauma because we think that we're protecting. But what we're doing is we're preserving the decaying version of us. Wow. So then we Jesus. get to the aspect where now I need help being unwrapped. But there's so many layers around me. And then what happens is the people who are called to unwrap you, they may oftentimes lose zeal because I started wrapping you and you were putting the wrapping back around at the same time. So we get to that place where we see the difference or, or the variations of how they wrap mummies and how they wrap bodies, trying to preserve the dead thing. And when you come out and you realize that he's calling him out with no other assistance, where he has, now Lazarus has to make the choice that I'm wrapped, I can't see. It, it, you know what's funny? It's because we don't even consider Lazarus' process of even getting to the opening of the tomb. Right. <laughs> so if I stand up and I can't see, my tendency is to bump into something. Yeah. So I'm hopping around trying to find my way. And a lot of men hear the voice of God, but the hopping around causes us to lose zeal because I hit that and I didn't know where I was going. So I got afraid because I failed that time and it didn't work out. And we get to that place where we try to stop hopping to Jesus because of the process of getting there. So Lazarus is coming out. We see him wrapped and he's standing there. The crazy part that stuck out to me and then I'll pass it to you is that Jesus called him, but Jesus didn't do the unwrapping. And we keep looking to Jesus to do yeah, everything. That part. Yes. We keep looking to Jesus to not only un uh, to call me, but to unwrap me. Yeah. So we're like, okay, God, I'm here. Now do it. Yeah. And we don't even understand the power in community. When we sat in here with all of these men and they were praying for each other and laying hands on each other, the sounds that were reverberate through in this room, but it's so our tendency as men is to isolate. Yeah. We have an issue and we close in. Yeah. Because we call it processing. Yeah. <laughs> I need time to process. Yeah. But in my processing, if I don't have the correct direction in my process, what I'm doing is reinforcing my thoughts of trauma. Wow. I'm reinforcing the idea that you hurt me. I'm reinforcing how I feel because I don't have a barometer to gauge it against what I know. That's why the community of men is so important because if I feel a certain way and now I'm wrapping myself and I'm going through the process of intentionally trying to insulate myself in my pain, my brother can stop my wrapping process and say, no, 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 that's not what we do. Yeah. That's not how we handle that. Because yeah. if you wrap in it, you're going to stay in it. Mm. I, it makes it harder for me to get out if I'm wrapping myself continuously. Hey, you yeah. was crazy? is that we wrap ourselves with one layer and then we experience another hurt and we add another layer. See? 
Bro, what I was thinking about too, when you, th when you were talking about bumping into each other, you know how many people think that this person is God's will because they bumped into each other? <laughs> it, it, it just seemed to be God. We just happened to bump into each, it's because both of y'all are dead and blind. Oh. <laughs> Come on, man. So. Both are blind dates. That's a sermon. That's a whole hey, sermon. That'll preach. That'll preach. Hey, that blind will dates. preach. I bumped into them. It just had to be God. No, I couldn't see. And so because over oh, their kingdom, yeah, both of y'all heard the king's call, but you're still bound. And you just happen to be bumping into men and bumping into women and bumping in. And you think because we're both responding to the call, this is God's will, but we're both still bound. Maybe the only thing you have in common is we were both bound at the same time. Trauma bonds. Trauma bonds. Y'all, this is... Wow. Wow. I ain't touching Who that. are you? You're going to touch it. <laughs> Who have I labeled a bond because we bumped into each other while we were both in bondage? You know what's crazy? Mm. Mm. is that once I bump into you in my bondage, I bond myself to your bondage. Yeah. Well, what happens when you get healed, though? <laughs> then, then I recognize the bondage, and then I have the responsibility of responding to it. Mm -hmm. yeah. And then we get in that place where now we create relational breaches mm. because I met you bound, but then now I can see. Now my taste buds change. Yeah. See? See? And then what, this is how we'll get hurt, because now I'm no longer bound, yeah. I will automatically think I could help unbound you. Yeah. <laughs> That's what you call codependence. Let me ask you a question. This Do you so think good. sometimes, this because you just said it, sometimes we can be blinded by the call itself, because we believe that the call is the release, in yeah. a sense that we get with people or we even, we live our lives believing that somehow my gift will be my salvation. Yeah. And so because I stand in front of you and I make impact yeah. and because I'm able to speak and because I'm able to sing, that I'm able, that I'm somehow, some way along the way, that's going to lead to an inevitable deliverance. Yeah. But what if the very call itself makes us so complacent? Like what if Lazarus thought that coming out of the tomb was good enough. Mm, that's good. Which is why we see, oh boy, thank you, Lord, for that revelation. That's possibly why we see when the woman came in there to wash Jesus' feet, Lazarus was sitting at the table too. Versus him saying, you saved me yeah. from death. I got this. I got Jesus, that. I'm coming to your Come feet. On. And maybe the reason why we don't keep coming to the feet of Jesus is because we feel as though our call is enough. Oh, my God. So we don't study. We don't serve. We don't give. We don't love. Love crowds, not people, though. <laughs> love titles, not trenches, though. <laughs> love spotlight, but don't love shadows, though. And so it's the secret places that we don't even spend that secret time with the Lord because we've gotten so lost in the call. We misappropriate our validation. There it is. There it is. When Jesus this was is baptized, powerful, man. he came up out of the water and the Father said, this is my beloved Son in who I'm well pleased. Hear ye him. He validated him then in the midst of the people. Yeah. But then he immediately led him into the wilderness. Yeah. And a lot of times we take the validation and run. Mm. 
You called me, you gave me the platform, now I don't need nothing else. But I think one thing is important though we talked about even during this time is that when God, when, he, when Jesus is baptized, he comes out of the water, the first thing God does is validate him as son. Yeah. Sonship doesn't cost anything. Yeah. It's immediate. Yeah. And the difficulty with not just us men, everyone, but especially us men, you have so many people, so many of us men carrying these, these, this bondage and these, yeah. these mistakes and all of these things that we're supposed to be. And then what God says, I, I'm already pleased with you you're already my son. There's nothing else you have to do. There's no performance. There's nothing you have to do. Yeah. You are my son, and I'm already pleased with you. And I think the most difficult thing is accepting our sonship as men, but as, as daughters, daughter, son. You don't have to do anything. Yeah. I'm already pleased with you, right? Yeah. And so that's the most difficult thing, even when you talk about just coming out of the water. I'm already pleased with you. Yeah. There's nothing else you have to do for me to love you. Yeah. Hmm. So, building on that, when we access the relationship, how do we get to the place where we don't disconnect from the responsibility of relationship? Yeah. Hmm. So that's, that's what I was thinking about. Um, I'm getting the, the privilege to be in a lot of different rooms. Yeah. And one of the things that I keep cautioning people of is don't confuse this with your relationship with him. Yeah. And so a lot of times people will say I'm called because yeah. somebody told them, yeah. number one. And then number two, I'm trying to get the affirmation from crowds yeah. Yeah. versus from my king. Yeah. So when we do speak or when we do talk to people, we try to be impressive. Come on. I need your response to make me feel good. Yeah. It's not until I value the closet more than the stage. Yeah. Yeah. You see, listen, please hear me, please hear me. The power is in the closet. Yes, sir. Can I mess y'all up? God really doesn't care about PDA. I really don't. In fact, Satan would love for you to traffic in PDA as long as he has you in secret. Yeah. Yeah. You could worship. You could sing all day. Your closet is mine, though. Yeah. Your, your time in secret is mine. Cool. Talk about how much Jesus is. I will make room for you. Everybody do all that. That's fine. Yeah. I want you in secret, though. Keep your Bible dusty. That's what I want. Keep your Netflix subscription fresh. That's what I want. Keep your Bible app unread until Sunday. That's what I want. Keep your worship tied to a song versus worship tied to sacrifice. Worship tied to obedience. Keep it like that. I'm cool with that. I'm cool with casual Christianity because you'll be powerless. Powerless. And and it's not until I love my father in the secret places. I'm talking about we talking in the car. Not just do I have uninterrupted, devoted time with my king, but all throughout the day, 
I'm conversing with him. All throughout the day, I'm thinking about him. You know how it is when you first meet somebody and you think about them all the time and you wonder if they're thinking about you and the butterflies you feel when, when they text you or whatever? Do you still get those butterflies when you read his text? <laughs> He's like, I text you too, 39 in the old, 27 in the new. Do my text messages do it or do you leave me on read? Do you leave me on read? See, Darius said something so powerful. He said, you know, a lot of us, we're gold digger Christians. <laughs> That's it. We only come to you because I want what you got. Now, don't look at me like that because I ain't saying you're no gold digger. But he ain't met. Okay. <laughs> but seriously, do you love Jesus outside of the blessing? We say these churchy things. If you do nothing else, do you really believe it? Do you really believe it? And sometimes we come in church atmospheres and we hear bad doctrine that sounds good but is not sound or good. Come on. Like, you deserve, you deserve hell and death. Yeah. I need to say it one more time because most preachers won't talk about hell or death. We deserve hell and death. So I wonder, I just feel this right now, I wonder is there anybody who can praise God right now for everything else you got besides hell and death? Everything else you got besides hell and death. If you can breathe, you blessed. You can eat, you blessed. Because you deserve hell and Thank you, God. How do we have entitled Christians when you deserve wrath? Man, when I got this revelation in college, bro, it blew my, because they were like, man, Jerry, we're going to the club. You ain't going, man. You missing out. And I would feel like, man, I want to say something back because they always had this thing to say and make fun of me. Uh, you missing out. And then one day, I feel the Holy Spirit just dropped it in my mind. They said, man, you ain't going. We're going to the Greek party, man. Come on. You missing out. And I said, yeah, I'm missing wrath. Come on. Come on. That's what I'm missing out on. I'm missing out on hell and death. So everything that I get besides the fires of hell and besides the wrath of God is a blessing. Because we look at the car as a blessing but not breath. There it is, bro. This is so powerful, man. We, We overvalue the house, but we devalue the ability of our extremities. There it is. Like when we stop and actually look at the fact that every single breath is a blessing, that he could cut it off like this. And based on what we've done, not just a few moments ago, he should have cut it off already. Every single moment is an opportunity to say thank you. Really quick, everybody take a deep breath. Release that. That's grace and mercy. Because we shouldn't even have that. Yeah. The reason why I can come into the house of God and actually just lose my mind, because I know what it's like. In 2000, I had a sinus infection that spread to my brain, and fluid gathered on my brain and had a stroke that left me paralyzed on the left side of my body. Doctor said I would die or live in an unresponsive state. I had to come to the grips with the fact that if God doesn't give it back to me, I'll never have it again. But if he gives it back to me, I'm going to give it to him. And when do we get to the place where we realize that the grace and the mercy that he's given to me, I have to give it back in worship and praise. Because if he doesn't give me this next breath, 
I don't have the ability to sit in here and even consider the blessing. So Will, I, I want them to see because when I fir first I met Ezekiel and then I met you, yeah. right? And when I heard you pray, I said, man, this dude is a powerful intercessor, bro. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And uh, as we began to build, we went out to lunch. Last time we came last year, went out to lunch. Um, and when you, when you shared that story, it was like, man, the most humbling thing was for me to learn how to walk again. And you were like, bro, when I was sitting there and that lady said, button up my shirt, and I'm like, telling my hand to move. Come on. And my hand is not moving. Come on. You see? Yeah. And so in that moment when you said that, I was like, that's why. I need you to stand up, bro, and just show them what God did. Because they said that you couldn't walk. Look at you. And what's crazy. Y'all can do better than that. This is a miracle. They said I would never walk. Right. Thank you, Jesus. They said I would never walk, but I walked out of the hospital. They said I was going to die in. Come on. And a lot of you are like Lazarus. Come out of there. They closed your tomb, they wrapped you up, and they said that it was over. No. And the same tomb that they bury you in is the same one. It's time to hop out of. Yeah. Come on, you bro. You just got to be willing to come, come out. Come on, bro. You come just got to be willing to come out. Come on. That's all God needs is your hop. Yes. He don't even need you to unwrap yourself. He just needs your hop. If you take that step, he'll meet you there. Come on, bro. That's so good. It's the, I'm telling you, it's those moments with the Lord. 15, 15 years old. My mama's sitting right here. 15 years old, vitiligo started to spread over my body. Now I'm 15 in high school. You know what my image looks like to me as a 15-year-old? Come on. Go to the doctor. They said, yeah, it's, it, it happens to some people. It's going to spread over your whole, whole body. We'll start assigning to you therapy classes for your esteem. Wow. That's what they told me. And so I'm looking at my hands, and I told my mom, I said, uh, we need to pray. Yeah. I did not come in agreement with what that doctor said. Yeah. Say it. Yeah. I'm serious. I want you to see testimony. So when you see me sweating out my clothes and preaching the way come I do, it, it, it's not just because I'm just passionate. I remember when my, this, how this part of my hand started to look like this on my body and was spreading. And the doctor said, you need therapy to deal with your esteem. Mm. Tell my mom, I said, let's pray. Telling the truth. We prayed. Every morning I woke up like this. I kept looking at my hand. Every morning I'm telling the truth. That Friday, when I looked at my hand, I saw my color coming back. I'm not, wait, 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 I want you, I want you, listen, 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 listen. I started to see my color come back. And I ran, I saw my mom, I said, look, 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 he's doing it. He's doing it. Day after day, that chocolate started to come back. Chocolate. Come, on, chocolate. come on, chocolate. Come on, chocolate. Now I'm a 6'1 chocolate man who loves Jesus. What? The doctor what? said it was going to spread what? over my body. But it didn't. We're not just preaching about an Old Testament God. We're talking about a God who still does the miraculous, who still blows our mind, who still does wonders. Hey, but let me say something. Let me say something. Let me say something. Because we can, we can lob back and forth all our testimonies and miracles, which is powerful. But someone 
is shouting and raising their hands and saying, praise God. What, look at what God did for you. And it happened. But don't mm. believe that God can do it for them. There it is. Now, I'm, I'm going to put my weight right there for just one moment. Yeah. We'll shout, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. Yeah, chocolate. Oh, oh, yeah, all of that. Hot chocolate. But it will get back in their vehicle, be consumed with depression. Yeah. Asking everybody else to pray for them. Yeah. Won't go talk to the Lord yeah. because we see it happening for you, yeah. but I secretly don't believe that God can do it for me, yeah. which has everything to do with, do you believe that you are truly a son and a daughter? Yeah. Yeah. Because when I am a joint heir with Jesus Christ, yes. that means that I have the same rights and the same privileges as Jesus Christ. Let me help you. Let me help you real quick. <laughs> I've been carrying this backpack around with me all weekend. And inside of this backpack is a mirror. And if you look at this mirror, it's cracked. And it has two, two sides to it. The thing about this, this is how I see myself. Hmm. And every time I carry this backpack with me, I, it's my perspective. When I look up, wow. how I see God is fractured. Wow. Because God is waiting on me to mess up. Hmm. He's going to be upset with me. Hmm. And because I, God hasn't forgiven me for that abortion. Or God hasn't, he, he's upset with me because I'm having these homosexual thoughts. Did I just say that? I just said that. God, 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 he doesn't love me the way that he loves Jerry because look at what he's doing with Jerry. Because this skewed, fractured perspective that I have of God. And here's the thing, though. If I have a fractured perspective of God, then I also have a fractured perspective of myself that's powerful bro Ooh. but 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 if i see god this way hmm. because I, I just took this thought this theology I, I i crafted this it's all unbiblical but i just my my father left me my earthly father left me so i believe that god will leave me so that's why i don't talk to god about certain things and i because 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 everything that happened to me down on earth, God, God, God will do that too. So how I see God is also how I see myself. Yeah. But how I see myself yeah. is also how I see you. Yeah. And so that's why wow. I keep you at arm's length. That's why when, 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 when Jerry's like, yo, bro, man, you my brother, man, I love you. I'm like, yo, yeah, I hear you, yeah. but that's going to come at a cost. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He told me. He told me last night. Yo, bro. I know the people left you. I know the people, but I'm here. And so the devil, like, yo, remember your fracture. That fracture, you know, yeah. how you see God. Yeah. Is how it's impossible. Yeah. To have an understanding of God and it not impact how you see yourself. Yeah. yeah. Which yeah. is why I believe that God will do it for you, hmm. and will not do it for me. Wow. Because of this fracture of how I see God, hmm. how I see myself, hmm. and how I see other people, do you really believe that you are a son believe. and a daughter? Yeah. Do you really believe 
that God loves you unconditionally? Yeah. Like, do you really believe when you look at this text, Jesus came to the cave and stood there and waited. He comes to Lazarus and he stands there waiting. Yeah. I don't care how long it takes for you to come out. I don't care how long you jump around and bump into the wrong relationship. I'm going to stand here. Yeah. I ain't going nowhere. Do you really believe, though? You can shout all day. You can be happy. But what do you truly do? You truly believe that you are a son and a daughter because that's going to impact how you pray. Because some of the struggles and some of the bondage you're in, you could have prayed that thing off of you. Yeah. You, well, I called and I asked the church to pray for me. Ain't nobody respond to it. I'm, I'm upset with the church. God, get, you, you can pray that thing off for you right now. Yeah. yeah. Some of us are in situations that expiration date has already been reached. All you got to do is speak to that thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, joint heir with Jesus Christ. Yeah. But do you really believe that, though? Yeah. Can, I, can I add something to what you just said? And this is the last thing I'm going to say. No, Verses, yeah, John chapter 11, verse 4 says, and when he heard this, Jesus said, this sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory that God's son may be glorified through it. So Jesus had his own definition of everything that took place from the sickness to the death to the unbinding. Jesus declared it and defined it as God's glory. Yeah. And I think sometimes, depending on where we are, we only know how to celebrate in the aftermath. We know how to celebrate in the, after the unbinding, but we don't know how to celebrate in the sickness. Yeah. We don't yeah. know how to celebrate in the death. Yeah. But the thing about it is, for Jesus Christ, it's one process. Yeah. And so we talked good. about mislabeling. Yeah. Remember when we talked about that? Yeah. And sometimes I believe we ourselves mislabel the Lord's lesson sessions or our boot camps and we call them prisons. We call it death. We call it the end. But Jesus said, this will not end in death. So if we can take the label off of our current situation, I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what you're facing. I don't know what you're calling impossible. But God is saying this is the glory process. And I don't know in which place, in which stage, in which phase you are in that process. But if you could see it like Jesus, like my brother said, and believe that this is his glory process for my life, then in sickness I will stand. There it is. There it is. There it is. My feet might be loose, my hands might be bound, but I'll be like, oh, I'm in a process, Lord. I know yeah. this will not end in yeah. what? Death. Because I know who I am. Yeah. It's identity. Everything points back yeah. to who I truly believe yeah. I am. Yeah. Period. Yeah. Everything is about that mirror. Everybody here got a mirror with them. Mm -hmm. Everybody got a mirror. And every experience you had from childhood to the divorce, you got a fracture in that mirror and you got the devil making you believe that you're powerless. Yeah. Everybody yeah. say I'm a son. I'm a son. Everybody say I'm a daughter. I'm a daughter. Yeah. See, and I, I think the, I've said it so many times, the tactic of the enemy, he really is a psychological terrorist. Yeah. If you really, he really is a psychological terrorist. If I can't get the way God to change the way 
if I can't get God to change the way that he views them, I'm, gonna, I'm going to try to get them to change the way that they view him. Yeah. That's it. You see, yeah. that, that's, the, that's the psychological, because you ask the question, how do we get to that place? It's experiences yeah. with him. Yeah. So when I'm passionate, when you're passionate, you remember not being able to, you know, yeah. I remember it's spreading on my body. Yeah. So when you have that closet, when you have that miracle, this is, this is I don't need this. Because yeah. before this, you did it. You see what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. And I, a natural example, and then maybe like three more minutes and we're done. A natural example was I was taking my son to get a haircut. And when we were coming back to the house, I told him, if you do good, stay in your bed tonight, I'll give you a prize. All right. So he, he did good. You got to figure out ways. We're trying to sleep. So he stayed in his bed. <laughs> he stayed in his bed that night. And I picked him up from school to take him to get his haircut. And my wife was at home. Well, she said she was going to be at home. And I called her. I said, hey, are you at the house yet with Eden and Melody? It's my niece and my daughter. And she said, yes. Now, watch this. I am a flawed, imperfect, desperate need of Jesus man. But I want you to see this. When I heard that my daughter and my niece were in my house, I already told Jay I was going to get him something. But because they were in my house... I wanted them to get something too. Please hear it. Please hear it. I didn't want Jay to come home with something and me not to give them something too. If they were not in my house though, if they were still out with my wife, I wouldn't have gotten them anything. They possibly wouldn't have known about it. But since they were in the house, my four people got it. Say it one more time. Since they were in the house, since they were in position, I said, I'm going to bless everybody. I'm going to bless everybody. I want all of them to experience a good father. Come on. Now, I'm a flawed, imperfect, desperate need of Jesus man. How much more do you think our heavenly father is like, are they in my presence? Are they in my house? Are they in my wheel? I'm going to do it for Isaac, but just because they're connected. Come on. Bible all day. Peter, throw your net aside for a catch. He does it. The net is so big where Peter has to say, yo, y'all come over here and help me out. Because sometimes it might not even be your season, but because you're connected to somebody in season, because you're in the right place. You be all eating catfish tonight. All of us eating tilapia tonight. And it's not even my season, but it feels like it. Why are we jealous of our father when he traffics and blessing his children? Come on. And it's the fractures going back to the mirror. Mm. You ask why. It's because with our fractures, it, it doesn't even allow us to join in, to participate in the celebration. Yeah. I can't even help you retrieve the net because of my fractures yeah. of how I view God, how I view me, because I've only experienced God through partial faith. Yeah. See, there are two components to faith. They're belief and trust. Mm. We operate from the belief standpoint. I believe that God is a healer, but do I trust him to heal me? Yeah. Yeah. So we operate from this partial aspect, wow. and every time... And I'll say this is the last thing I'll say is that okay. the reality of the situation is we operate from that belief and trust and our trust is fractured because we misidentified 
God's good and our good. Wow. Yeah. yeah. He said this will not end in death, but in human terms, he died. Yeah. So if we can get Ooh. to the place of trusting God to the degree of saying, I don't understand because their cracks keep getting added to my mirror yeah. because I'm expecting you to do it this way. Wow. And yeah. if you don't do it this way, are you a good father? Mm. When in aspect, if I understand that your good and my good are not the same, wow. yeah. and that all things work together for my good, yeah. not because I'm perfect, yeah. but because I love God and I'm called according to his purpose. Wow. Those are the two prerequisites. Yeah. So if it's not working out in my idea of good, can I trust you to mm. believe that it's still working for my good? Yes. Because if I can get there, I can stop adding cracks to my mirror so yeah. that when he's trying to bless me, even by association, I can join in and participate. Can yeah. I? Yeah. Everybody shout adoption. 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 No, we got to go. Oksana Masters, I was reading something yesterday. Oksana Masters, she's 33 years old. She was born in Ukraine. And when she was born, she was she had severe trauma, like her, her hands were deformed, her shins. And so like when she was born, because she was born near, you know, where the power plant in Russia happened. And so her parents didn't want to deal with her deformity, so they just left her. Oh. And so now at a young age, she is in a foster home and she's now being abused sexually and people are disregarding her. The physicians labeled her in Ukraine as FTT, failure to thrive. They found that she was malnourished, nobody wanted to have anything to do with her and then they had to have surgeries, they had to cut off her legs and everything and so now she is just left alone, deformed. Nobody wants her. A woman comes along named Gay Masters, who lives in Chicago, Champagne, true story, and decides she wants to adopt Oksana. Brings her to the United States, loves on her, loves her, loves her to life. To the point where she is now one of the most decorated Olympians because she used all of her deformities and the love from her mother and used it for her good to the point where the psychologist now labeled something as post-traumatic growth. See, you thought I was gonna say stress. Post-traumatic growth. She used all of what she experienced but because she was adopted, that's good, bro. She was deformed. She had stuff going on. Nobody wanted to have to do do anything with her. Mother came along. I see your deformities. See you not perfect. See you abused. Nobody wants to have anything to do with you. But I love you adopts her. Grace found her when she was empty-handed. There was nothing she could do to repay her mother. I'm telling the story about us. 
Because it's so hard for us to receive the grace of God that finds us empty-handed, that says, I see that you're in sin, I see that you're deformed, abused, your father left you. I see that you've experienced everything that you've experienced, but I'm going to adopt you. And when God adopts us through Jesus, we are now sons. Somebody say, I'm a son. I'm a son. Somebody say, I'm a daughter. I'm a daughter. And when I looked at that story, bro, that it, it makes me even more humble to just know, yo, I'm a son. Yeah. And God loves me. Yeah. And all I got to do is accept that position. Yeah. yeah. Period. Yeah. yeah. Stand up. Was this good? So I want to I wanna do something. Um, because ladies, you're next. Next Sunday, we announce your conference dates. So yeah. <laughs> you're next. Um, but I just, if anybody's been following the ministry for any length of time, I keep on speaking to kingdom men a lot because I, I recognized that the strength of a community is the home, okay? And one of the pivotal factors of a strong home is the kingdom man. So instead of complaining about it, let's build them. Yeah. Yeah. So, Will, I want you to do two prayers. Last time we had all the men come down. It's too crowded to do that now. Uh, um, But I want to do two prayers. I want you to first, every man in the building, and even in the overflow, if you would stand on your feet. Every man. Every man. This is so beautiful, man. Look at this. Every man. I want you to pray over just the sons to to make sure that this isn't a flash fire moment that we're on fire 48 hours because of the conference, go back home. Because when you go back home, brothers, you return to, many of us, you return to war. Remember, we shouted freedom. And you're returning as kings. (laughs) And you get it, return of kings. All we did this weekend was help loose you, put that crown on your head, now go change the world. He's the king of kings, but we're still kings. So I want you to pray for them. And then after that, I want the brothers to sit down. I want the sisters to stand up for this purpose. Don't rewrap any king that's still hopping. Okay, because we need each other. We need each other. Until you guys say I do, that is your brother. And Christians don't engage in incest. (laughs) That is your brother. That's my man. That is your brother. Because we don't engage in incest. Okay? So I, I want you to speak to the sisters too. To stop seeing men as potential husbands first. But see them as brothers first. And then also they may need forgiveness for every counterfeit that they may have bumped into that caused for them to get wrapped. So if we could just do those two prayers and then we're free to go, I think we would have an excellent Sunday, man. Go ahead. Heavenly Father God, we thank you for every king that is represented here today. Yes, Lord. God, we honor you 
on what you have started and begun, and he that began a good work is faithful. We thank you that you are faithfully committed to these kings. And right now we speak against every assault on their identity. Every opportunity that the enemy has taken to alter how they view themselves, we correct that vision now in the name of Jesus. Every distorted lens and every broken mirror be replaced with the vision and the perspective of the Holy Spirit. We speak to their minds and command it to align with the thought process of the kingdom. Satan the Lord rebuke you and the blood of Jesus be against you we bind up every attack on these kings we bind up every attack on their thought process we bind up every attack to revert back to their trauma we bind up every attack for them to return home and revert back into their shells let the shells be forever broken let the places where they insulated themselves and wrapped themselves within their trauma be forever destroyed destroy the wrapping today holy spirit in the name of jesus let every king begin to rise in their home in their families in their communities we speak the blessing over them that you would empower them to accomplish their purpose we bind up every demonic assignment in the name of Jesus, we speak to the test and the trials and the things that are waiting outside of these walls. And we command every demonic assignment to cease and desist. Yes. We operate with these kings and we stand. Let them know that they are supported, yes. that they are covered, and that they are sons. Let every attack on their sonship be canceled in the name of Jesus. Go in, Holy Spirit, and re-hardwire their spiritual identity yes. so they are able to identify as sons, to see you, God, as Father, to see that they, they have all of the access and the abilities to appro- approach the throne room of God, yes, that they Father. can come boldly before the throne of grace, that they may find grace to help in the time of need, that they may find mercy, that they know that they are not their mistakes. You are not your mistakes. You are not your past. You are not your track record. You are not who they said you are. You are a son of God. You are a king. And we speak to the ascension, God. You are the master of resurrection. So begin to resurrect dead dreams. Begin to resurrect dead vision. Begin to resurrect dead hope. Allow the kings to be resurrected. And allow them to return home and take their rightful place. Their rightful place of authority. Their rightful place of sonship. And let them rule well. Give them wisdom on how to rule their house well. Give them wisdom on how to rule in their communities well. Give them wisdom, God. Be with them and give them the discernment. And every attack, every relational attack, in the form of a homeboy, in the form of a, a, of a sabotage, in the form of brothers, let every demonic assignment that has been sent in the terms of brotherhood be severed in the name of Jesus. Sever those ties, sever those relationships. Don't even allow them the ability to return back to it. Yes. And finally, Lord, we thank you that every word curse is canceled. That every word curse that's been spoken over their lives from their parents, from their friends, from the community, that from, from society, from the government, that every word curse is canceled in the name of Jesus. And we replace that banner, that label, with son, with king, and with yours. They are yours. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' name. Like it, every sister to stand. Every sister, would you stand? I'm going to pray over you. So that you can get behind it and support it. To support it.
And Herbert, I honor you too, bro, for being a part, for helping us serve. Man, you did a phenomenal job, bro. Yeah. Just the beginning, bro. Just the beginning. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the women that are represented in this house. Yes. And right now, Holy Spirit, supernaturally go in and apply healing to the breaches in their hearts. We thank you right now, first, that you are applying healing to release the trauma that have been experienced at the hand of interactions with men who were still in the development stage. So, yes. Father God, begin to mend their hearts and begin to shift perspectives right now. Let your anointing fall on them to be able to see and identify clearly. Let discernment be elevated. Give them the strength to abide in how you call them to abide, to rest and to wait, and to not feel like they are missing the mark. Let them not be motivated by cultural or societal demands. God, give them kingdom perspective in the name of Jesus. Allow them to be re-identified in you. And I break the word curses that men have spoken over their lives in the name of Jesus. Yes. Every word curse spoken over these women's lives in the name of Jesus, let it be canceled now. Amen. Every aspect of manipulation, every interaction with a narcissist, we destroy it in the name of Jesus. Yes, and every residue of narcissistic behavior, let it be destroyed. Those who are connected to toxic narcissism, even now, sever that relationship, Jesus, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We speak freedom to their hearts and to their minds. Give them the understanding of how to operate in kingdom perspective to be able to support the development of men but not sabotage it. We yes. thank you, God, that you're giving them understanding of where they are and who they are and how they are valuable, how they are worth the weight, how they are worth being courted, how they are worth being pursued. Yes, Lord. No longer will they give their, their, their pearls over to swine. Yes. In the name of Jesus. No longer will they give access to people who have no ability to pour back into their lives. In the name of Jesus, give them wisdom. Give them discernment. Help them to accomplish what you've called for them to accomplish in this season. And we bind up every attack on their hearts. Yes, Lord. Every attack on their hearts. For it is the goal of the enemy to turn their heart cold so they think that there's no need for interaction or development with the man. Yes. So we thank you for shifting into kingdom perspective. Yes, Lord. We thank you that you're ordering their steps, ordering their stops, and that you are anointing them with a new dispensation of grace. Yeah. Pour out your oil of preservation, of purpose, of destiny, and that you would go in and repair the residue, I see scar tissue. Mm. Holy Spirit, go in and begin to scrape off the scar tissue yes. and heal it and patch those wounds. Holy Spirit, take the scalpel and begin to patch the leaks over every access point. Yeah. Holy Spirit, we thank you that even the, the opportunities or the demonic attack of sabotage where people have been able to creep back in, mm. that you will close the back door in the yes. name of Jesus. Yes, that you will close every entry point, every access point, and pour your grace out on them now. In the mighty name of Jesus, that their hearts are sealed in you. Yes. They are covered, they are protected, and they are yours. Yes, Father. We thank you that as you are raising up kings, you are also raising up queens. Yes, and that your power and your anointing is training and develop them and raising them up to their proper place. Yes, Father. That they will no longer see themselves 
beneath the level of a queen from now and forevermore. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen.